Well, wonderful. So I want to minister on anointed to bear fruit. It was God's plan. God is the one who implemented it. God is the one who gave the instruction to Adam to be fruitful and to multiply. A matter of fact, everything that God made, the trees, He planted a seed. The seed started to grow. It became a tree and that tree bid fruit. It was a multiplication and an increase. Amen. So turn with me in your Bibles to John 15, verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If God is your source, you cannot fail. Turn to the person next to you and say to them, If God is your source, you cannot fail. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them, and they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. This means that your word can become one with God's word. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Who have you done some asking lately? Well, there's good news for you. God is interested in your prayers and He wants to answer your prayers. Amen. You know, you should show your excitement like somebody that really means it. Amen. I mean, when you read about God wanting to answer your prayers, that is something to be excited about. Amen. By this, my Father is glorified that you be much fruit. So will you be my disciples. So God has called you to make a difference. To bear fruit. Do you know what's the wonderful thing? The one giving you the strength to bear fruit is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says here, I am the vine and you are the branches. So He is your very life source. If you go to the book of 1 Corinthians 3, you'll see there, Paul speaking, he says, I sowed a seed, Apollos watered, but it's God who gave the increase. So God is the one who brings the increase, who brings the multiplication in our lives. The question is, do you really believe it? Are you abiding in Him? Is your trust in Him? Or if you are facing a challenge, who is the person that you are looking to? Do you really believe that your words have become one with God's words? God has positioned us to multiply and to increase in every area in our lives. What is the challenge that you are facing in the marketplace? Is your heart that's condemning you. Because you are looking towards your past. The things that you've done wrong. Go to 1 John 4 verse 17. The one thing I want to say. Even if you listen, when you are listening to this whole series. Don't try and apply laws in your life to be successful. That's man's nature. Give me the six steps, pastor, what I should do. Then you try and put, make those things laws in your life, and then you say, but why isn't it working? This is exactly what the Israelites did. God came to them and said, here's the Ten Commandments, here's my laws. Can you keep it? So of course we can keep it. We can keep these ten things. He says, okay, if you keep it, I'm going to bless you. If you keep it, I'm going to bless you. 
The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 4, if you try to be justified through the law, you've estranged yourself from Christ. In other words, the grace of God that wants to work in your life to bless you, to prosper you, to cause you to increase. As soon as you try to be justified by the law, instead of being justified by Christ, you make the grace of God of no effect in your life. Turn to the person next you say, trust in God's grace. That that grace would work in you more than anything else. But today we find people that are very gifted, very skilled. And it's good to be gifted and to be skilled. But never put your trust in that. Put your trust in God. If we go back to John 15, God says, let my love abide in you. The faith that you need to advance in life, that faith needs to work through love. Do you love the person next to you? Have you forgiven that person that's hurt you? That person who stole from your company? That person who caused your business to fail? God wants you to prosper. But in spite of any of those things, worship Him, praise Him, thank Him. The Bible says in verse 17, 1 John 4, 17, Love has been perfected among us in this. It says, love has been made perfect in you among us because of this very reason. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. What is the one thing that steals people's peace? Thinking, I have to appear before God one day. The Bible says we have this confidence that we can appear before God in the day of judgment. Why? Because all the judgment that was supposed to come upon us is upon Christ. So now you can relax in God's mighty arms. Knowing that he's working out everything in your life. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Tell me something. Where are you doing business right now? Monday, where are you going? Into this world. What does the Bible say here? As he is, so are we in this world. I want to ask you this question. Was Jesus successful while he was here on earth? A matter of fact, his whole assignment, his purpose, he accomplished in three and a half years. Because he fulfilled his assignment. Look at all the multiplication of people today. How many are born again? How many are serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Here God says, as he is, so are we in this world. You know what that means? It means his ability to be fruitful, to multiply, to increase, has now become your ability to multiply, to increase, and to be successful. Turn to the person next to you. Say, his ability, ability. has become my ability. You know, there are many things you cannot overcome, but Jesus overcame it. That's why you need his ability. If you were perfect, there would be no need for you to be in Christ Jesus. This is one of the most important things to understand. Do you know what produces miracles in people's lives? The righteousness of God. Not just when we confess it, but when we believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin, so that we can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, Keep your focus upon God. So I would come 
because I want God's blessing and God's favor upon my life. So the Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Now in the new covenant, we have Jesus Christ the Lamb. Where Jesus says, as He is, so are we in this world. Do you know what God does? He anoints you for business. Or anoints you for your purpose, for your calling. Then He helps you to be successful. And when you're successful, He then rewards you. That's amazing grace. So if He's given you an assignment, He's going to empower you to do it. And then when you are obedient and you fulfill that, He's still going to reward you. Have you accepted the sacrifice? The Bible says when our hearts condemn us, it's because we have not accepted the sacrifice. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, that he who knew no sin became sin, so that we can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. means his ability has become our ability. Do you know what is the problem that we have today? Turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. Does that sound like John 15? That when you're not abiding in Christ, when your trust is not in Christ, that you'll wither away? For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Do you know what the Bible says concerning every person? I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future... And a hope. Do you know what is the problem? When we place our trust in man, even when the good comes to us, we cannot see it. That's the danger when you place your trust in man. Can you imagine? Then people say, you know what, I've read that scripture, but I don't see God's good coming to me. Brother, if you don't see God's good coming to you, you should ask yourself, in whom am I placing my trust? For you shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit when your trust is in God when that drought comes when those difficult times come you will not even be aware of it because God is your source our biggest challenge is that we should rest in God's presence amen not rest from your work rest in your work amen otherwise we would want to become lazy not rest from work rest in your work Adam still had to do work. Give the animals names. But God brought the animals to him. Turn to the person next to you say, rest in the Lord. Keep your trust in the Lord. Never put your trust in people. You know what? When God said to Israel, you're going to enter into the promised land. If you go study the book of Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, we'll go there later. He said, they never entered into my rest. The promised land is a place of rest. 
That doesn't mean in the promised land there's no giants. Turn to the person next to you saying, in the promised land there's giants. In the promised land there is giants. But God has promised the victory. You know what's the heartbreaking thought about that whole thing? These giants that they had to go and face. For 40 years, they were afraid of the Israelites while the Israelites were afraid of them. Because they never believed that God said, this is your land, enter into that rest. They still had their part to play. They still had every battle. But God gave them the victory in every battle. Because they were anointed to be successful. They were anointed to go and do their business. Remember young David, the giant slayer? I shared with that in the previous. The anointing that killed the bear, the anointing that killed the lion was the same anointing that killed the giant. Stay in God's rest. You know what's the challenge when people are not in God's rest? Think about Martha quickly. Martha came to Jesus and said, you know, Lord, I'm working so hard. And look at my sister. She's sitting here by your feet. When people have not entered into God's rest, you know what they do? They blame God and they blame people. What had God said? That which was necessary. That which was necessary. Mary has chosen that. She didn't even know what she was doing when she was at his feet. She was the one later on who anointed him. And even when she anointed him, people were criticizing them. And he said, you don't know what she's doing. She's anointed me for my burial. For the challenges that lies ahead. Because remember when they came in the morning and they wanted to anoint him, he had risen already. And she had done that in advance. Because she had entered into his rest. When you enter into God's rest, you'll see God is busy working out a plan for you. You can put your confidence in Him. Amen. 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 Turn to the person next to you and ask them, have you entered into God's rest? Amen. You know, this time of the year, people are thinking about New Year's resolutions. Let me see your hands. Some of you are thinking about some New Year's resolutions. Because you want to bring some peace in your life. Things that you want to change in your life. Don't wait for them. You know why people say, okay, now I'm going to stop doing that and that and that. They are putting their trust in their own efforts to change. Make a decision today to enter into God's rest so that there can be a continuation Amen. of God's grace, God's mercy working in your life. Amen. Not I'm starting now January. Start today. Enter into His rest. Let His ability become your ability. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, ask them, have you entered into God's rest? So there's giants in the promised land, there's high walls in the promised land, but God will help you, He will see you through. Amen. You know what's the greatest blessing is salvation? And that is simply entering into God's rest, what He has done for you. Amen. You know, even when the Israelites didn't, you know, the land, every seven years, the land had to rest. If they didn't allow the land to rest in the seventh year, what would happen to them? They went into captivity. And God would let the land rest. Even the Sabbath. Why did God rest on the seventh day? Because His work was finished. It was done.
Now we know the work upon the cross is done. That's why we can enter into God's rest. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 5. I think this is one of my favorite stories. Luke 5 verse 1. You know, when it's time for the purpose of God to manifest in your life, there would be a driving force that would change your actions and even your location. For God to take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Listen to this. So it was as the multitude pressed about Him to hear the word of God that He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one boat. That was not by chance. Is Jesus in your boat? Then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. This is a story of a person who is skilled in fishing. Just listen to God's word and God gives him instruction, go out and fish again. If you look at that, but Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. You can feel the man's pain, you can feel his bitterness. I'm a fisherman, Lord. I know how to catch fish. If I've been out the whole night, I've been doing business this whole night working and nothing came of it but he said lord if i'm a fisherman with all my skill and ability but it's not under your authority i will labor all night long but if it's under your authority i know my labor won't be in vain you can feel that pain have you been busy with some dealings that should have produced fruit and it didn't the frustration you've worked harder than what you should and nothing came Jesus said to him go out and we know the catch that he had you know what Christ was saying to him Simon Peter I'm busy positioning you to take you from where you are to where I want you to be if you've been confessing failure before stop confessing failure Amen. Because I'm ready to support your position. I'm ready to support your situation. So that increase and multiplication can come into your life. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. He said, at your word, at your word, I will go out and do this. Who was the one who brought the fish there? Was it Simon Peter's ability? But it was God's grace and God's favor. Even that blessing that came upon his life. He didn't say, oh, well, here's an opportunity for me to capitalize quickly on this business. He understood that even that blessing was for the kingdom. For God to take him from where he was to where God wanted him to be. Even in the challenges that you've been facing, God is positioning you. Because his ability is on the inside of you. Even in that time, enter into God's rest. Another time. 
Jesus got into their boat. What did he do? He went and rested, fell asleep on a nice pillow. And there was a storm. They all started to panic and worry. And Jesus had to calm the storm. Even if there's been a storm, nobody drowned. God will see you through. Amen. The Lord is ready to support your position. It was a time, it was a season for Simon Peter to enter into God's rest. It's your time, it's your season to enter into God's rest. Don't labor to become rich. Labor to enter into God's rest. When you enter into God's rest, you'll find God would be the one fighting for you. Amen. And you don't have to fight anymore. Amen. God will be the one helping you, assisting you by His grace, by His mercy. Do you know He has got angels waiting to help you, to assist you? Even Moses, when they went into the promised land, God was the one who went before them. Has God gone before you in your ventures that you are busy with? Or have you placed your trust in man to help you and to see you through? You know, I can promise you a lot of things. But my words can only go this far. But if God has promised you, you can expect results. You can expect that promise to manifest in your life. For you to be fruitful, for you to multiply, for you to increase. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. The Bible never gives us any instruction to fear. But here He says, fear that you can fall short of God's rest. Make sure that you enter into God's rest. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do and enter that rest, as he has said. So I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest since therefore it remains that some must enter it and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience again he designates a certain day saying in david today after such a long time as it has been said today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts for if joshua had given them rest then he would not afterward have spoken of another day there remains therefore a rest for the people of god for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. What is he saying here? Enter into God's rest. Put a serious effort in to enter into God's rest. Then he explains here about the Sabbath being that day of rest. Why did God rest? Why did God rest? Because he was finished with his work. That's what God rested. Do you believe that God is finished with His work? You know, we don't have the ability to save ourselves, but we can destroy ourselves. Through disobedience, we can destroy ourselves. It says here, enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. Let me tell you something about this rest. This rest is Jesus Christ Himself. The Sabbath itself is not a day that you enter in. 
It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. People are trying to make a law about that. Why can we enter into Christ's rest? Because He is risen. It's been finished. It's complete. That's why we gather together now on the first day of the week. The Sunday. To enter into His rest. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for allowing us to enter into your rest. Not to rest from your work. Turn to the person next to you say, don't rest from work. Rest in your work. You still have to work. But enter into His rest. It's that which you know that God has given you the ability, the strength to do what you are busy doing. If you find yourself in Christian service doing something but you are complaining the whole time, you should ask yourself, am I called to do this? Have I entered into God's rest concerning this? Peter was toiling the whole time. But God took him to a place where he could enter into God's rest. A season of entering into God's rest. Turn to the person next to you say, it's your season. To enter into God's rest. The Sabbath is a person. It's not just a day. Amen. So entering into God's rest has come for you. For every person. When you're in God's rest, you're in that position where you know you're not fighting for victory, but you're operating from a position of victory. Amen. Amen. You've entered into God's rest. Let me show you something. We'll go to John 3 verse 12. You know, even the Sermon on the Mount was about telling God's people to enter into His rest. What was He saying? He was saying, look at the birds of the field of the air. Look at the lilies of the field. How they are clothed. Do you see the birds worrying what they're going to eat? They've entered into a rest. They know God will provide for them. That was the message that he was giving to the people. Look here, Jesus. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. What does this mean? Jesus Christ is standing on earth, busy talking to Nicodemus. This is John 3.16, you know that part. When Nicodemus says, how can a man be born again? Jesus is talking to him here, but he is saying, no one can ascend to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. So he says, I'm talking to you here right now. But I'm actually in heaven. With our ability, we cannot do much. But with God's ability, we can do so much more. The Bible says in Philippians 3 verse 10 that we are seated in heavenly places. Amen? So we're not fighting to get into a position of victory. We are operating from a position of victory in Christ Jesus. Even while Christ was here on earth, speaking to people, ministering to people, He says, I might be talking to you here right now, but I'm actually in heaven. You know what's the good news? You have a better position right now than what Adam had before he sinned. Because his position was here on earth, being clothed with God's glory. But your position right now is in Christ. His ability has become your ability. Amen? Now, if His ability has become your ability, I'm convinced you're anointed to increase, to multiply. Let me go show you something. Psalm 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, 
They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord is building your business, you are laboring in vain. Unless the Lord is building a household of Christ, we are laboring in vain. They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so He gives His beloved sleep. Look at the Amplified. It is vain for you to rise up early, to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil, for He gives blessings to His beloved in sleep. Amen? That means behind the scenes, God is busy working. That which you cannot see while you are resting, God is blessing you. When did Solomon receive his wisdom? While he was sleeping. God was busy working behind the scenes. Never look at your natural situation. Even when Christ died, the disciples all went back to their work. They thought God had lost control. They thought God was killed. But at that stage, God the Father was resting, busy with the salvation of mankind. That's why you and me can be born again. Think about Jacob. Jacob, is, his land is dry. There's a famine. He's eaten everything. He's thinking everything is against me. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, have you ever thought everything's against you? Jacob finding himself in a position where he thinks everything is against me. It's this drought. All my resources are up. He says, but I've heard in Egypt there's bread. We'll have to go to Egypt. If you can just get to Egypt. I've lost my son. My son is dead. Little did he know the wisdom that is governing Egypt comes from his very own home. God's work, God busy working behind the scenes. And as God takes him to Egypt, what happens? He just walked into Egypt and he could enjoy everything. Because God had worked out a plan. God was busy working, doing something. Ever felt everything is against you? My friend, that which is against you, God can turn around to be for you. Amen. Remember the Red Sea? The Red Sea was against Moses and God's people. The thing blocking them, hindering them to get to the promised land. But it was that very thing that the Lord used to their advantage to bring separation between them and Egypt to drown all the Egyptians. Jacob never realized the wisdom that was governing Egypt came from his very own home. He thought everything was against him. Ever been there? Lord, why is everything against me? Nothing is working out. You know, by the grace of God, when that happens, I always first think upon the disciples, those that were with Jesus, that when Christ died, they ran away and went to their boats. But God was busy with the salvation of mankind. Jacob here, my son is lost. I don't have a harvest. Why are we so hungry? And God is busy orchestrating success. Even Peter that disappointment of not catching one fish was the very appointment that God used to promote him. Amen. When your trust is in God, even in disappointment, there's an appointment. Amen. I can see some people have had some disappointments. 
God is ready to take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Philippians 2 verse 13, the Amplified says, look here, God works in you, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Amen. So God is busy positioning you for great success. Even when we give our tithes, we are putting our trust in God. That's our way of expressing ourselves to say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you when it comes to my resources. Even when we gather together as the church like this, the Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints. It's our way of coming as the body of Christ to say, Lord, we love you. We trust you. You are our everything. Because the church is the reservoir of God's power. Amen. So even when you just by coming here, you are positioning yourself for success. You're positioning yourself for a better future. Like I've said previously, even if you don't do anything, just come to church. Just come to church and sit here and you'll see what the anointing will do in your life. How God will change you. Because He's the one working in you, energizing you, helping you that you want to do it. That there's a genuine desire in your heart to take action. Amen? Everything belongs to God. Turn to the person that you say, everything belongs to God. You know, I want to just give some advice. Some of you, to enter into God's rest, you might have to downscale. Many of the pressures, the anxieties that people are experiencing is caused by debt. And I touched on it last week. If you have to downscale so that God can upscale you again, do that. But get rest in your life. Get peace. Amen? When you enter into God's rest, He'll give you a strategy what to do. There's nothing that's coming to a person's life where God will not make a way out. Is it a temptation? Is it a trap of the enemy? If you enter into God's rest, He will show you the way out. What to do. Do this, do that, do that. God will show you. Amen. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to increase. Amen. That's why a church also has to grow. You know, I stand amazed. I've just realized there's more ushers and hostesses and children's church people helping than what there was people at our first service that we had. I want to say something just before I go to the next scripture. You know, I know we've been in a recession. Who of you have experienced a bit of the recession, the, the economy that's been a bit down? I've looked at some definitions that people have given concerning recession. And we know, you know, if there's, there's more than two quarters where there's not a growth, they, they call it a recession. But one of the definitions of recession is, is also to reward or to bring back to the original possessor of that thing. Now, who's the person who possesses everything? It's God. And we are His children. So this very thing that you think is a drought, God can be positioning you like a Jacob to bring you to a place of abundance. So as God's children, God is our source. Go to Psalm 50 verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills 
I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. God says, everything belongs to me. If everything belongs to God, who do you think is the first people that He wants to bless? His people. His church. The wonderful thing is, God will give you the grace, the anointing to be successful, help you to be successful, and when you are doing what you're supposed to do, He's still going to reward you. What an amazing Jesus that we serve. Amen. We make a living by what we receive, but we make a life by what we give. Amen. You know what the Bible says? All those who labor, Matthew 11 verse 28. All those that labor, it's been working, it's been tough. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does he say, start fasting? No. Does he say, pray for 10 days? No. Does he say, work extra hours? No. It says, come to me and you'll find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. You know Christ is our Redeemer. Do you know what that means when Christ is your Redeemer? It means even if I was made a stupid mistake in business and lost some money, Christ can still come and redeem it for Amen. me. Amen. It means it's not up to my ability, Amen. but it's His ability. Amen. But when we come and we say, Lord, forgive me and help me. I don't want to continue in my stupidity. Hmm? Everything belongs to God. God has given us an instruction to multiply and to increase. And after we've multiplied, to multiply in it. He said to Moses, He said, after you've received all the success and you've multiplied, remember, I'm the God who gives you the ability, the strength, to be successful so that I can establish my covenant between me and you. When God is your source, you cannot fail. God has anointed you. God has called you. God has positioned you. He's going to see you through. He never said there will be no giants in the promised land. He never said there's not going to be high walls in the promised land. But He said, I have given you the land. Enter into my rest. Know that when you enter into that meeting, that God has gone before you already. That as you apply the Word of God, the principles of God, you can expect a multiplication. As you remain faithful, as you sow those righteous seeds, you will have a righteous harvest. As you sow those righteous seeds, you know you have the confidence in your heart that you'll be able to maintain that blessing when it comes. That you won't be a flash in the pan. But that you have a lasting solution. Because you have Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. 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 Father we thank you for your goodness. We thank you.